It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Spurs Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special Spurs show live from Cafe Bern in Madrid. We're all here. We made it. We're here in Madrid. There's many. <laughs> well done. Well done for getting here because honestly, there's still people stuck at Stansted with Thomas Cook flights. What a surprise. Thomas Cook. I can't wait when that company finally goes under, which I think will probably be on Monday. I think, because then he gets sued so much by Spurs fans, they have no idea. But it's really sad. My co-host, Theo Delaney, is still in Stansted. His particular flight has been delayed three hours. And I think they'll literally get here and go straight to the game. So, I mean, that's one plane. Uh, But well done for those of you that thought, I'm not going to do that flight. No, I want to get here. And here is Paul Hawksby. Paul Hawksby arrives. How are you? You made it. There we are. Today, this afternoon is going to be very ad hoc due to people not knowing what time they're getting here, anything like that. Hopefully later, if uh, Tottenham Hotspur allow the players I've asked to come down, if they allow them away from the fan zone, we'll be joined by some people later on. Uh, So for those of you who listen to the uh, podcast, we're going to record two shows today. The first show will go out in about two hours time, so those people at home will hear that. So that first show, we'll try and talk about tonight's match as much as possible so people get that before the game. The second show will go out probably next week. So with that one, there's no point talking about the game because by the time everyone's heard it, we know we've won. So um, pretty pointless. I mean, I've only been here an hour or so, but the Liverpool fans, the the sense of entitlement with with the shirts, with the trophy number six coming. Oh, God. I mean, I wanted us to win, but now... Boy, I really, really want us to win. God, I mean, honestly. So, we'll see. 
So what we're going to do, we've got various special guests who are just going to come and go and, and whatever. Uh, bear with us. Everything's going to be fine. Firstly, uh, put your hand up if you've come from America. You've come all the way from America. Wow, four here. Five, six. All the way from America. Seven, eight, nine. Amazing. Amazing. Let me see. Shows what a big club we are. Anyone here all the way from, I don't know, Australia? Wow, all the way from Australia. Amazing. Incredible. Anyone from Edmonton? Huh? <laughs> One. Okay, so, um, Paul, when, when you're ready, Paul, we'll uh, record the first show with me and Paul and our first very special guest who worked extremely closely with Enoch and hopefully will tell us what it was like working with Daniel Levy, what he thinks it's like now how far we've come as a club since Enoch came in and with Paul. And Paul's going to rush off because Paul's doing a talk sports show uh, in a couple of hours. Yeah. You done, done any prep, Paul? No, no. No, use your mic. Use the mic, Mike. Come on, you're working. a bit professional. Working. One, two. It's really? There we are. Shall I come? I'm, yeah, I'm just, there you're there. You sit. I'm just a colour man. This sit, I'm just going to do it from there. Uh, do it do a bit of ten, 10 minutes of stand-up now. Right, Whatever fine. you want to do. We're absolutely oh, fine. I'm doing it from uh, Path of Cologne where all the... Tottenham fans are, so it should be good and lively, I think. And do you have any experts players doing your show later? Well, uh, hopefully I'll see Coity. Yeah, Coity, have you seen him? Or? Paul is at the fan zone. Yeah, well, I think I might railroad a Maxi or one or two yeah, of the boys yeah. in later on. They're there, meant to be from two till six, the fan zone, and the right. fan zone's shut. I can't believe they're not showing the game in that square. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. But for those of you without match tickets, there's plenty of bars and restaurants all around here that will be showing it. So I say pitch up early, have a four-hour dinner. You know, and, how, how uh, many people haven't got tickets? Is it? <coughs> wow. So it's about 25%. About 25%. Uh, a mate of mine has just sent me this. It's, it's like live, it's like live radio. Yeah, this. yeah. <laughs> uh, oh no, it's not a spare, sadly. <laughs> Where's it gone? Um, this is, I don't know if it's in good faith. It says Madrid police have seized fake stewards bibs, fake accreditation and fake ticket checking devices to combat ticket fraudsters. Advice and, advice and polices don't show your ticket to anyone outside the official UEFA zones. They'll just run off with it or confiscate it, apparently. So if you ever got a ticket... That, how, do we know, how do we know they're official? Because the Scouts have been making up those yellow high-vis vests, haven't they? Oh, it's a terrible slur, that. How do, well, it's true. I've seen, I've seen it's absolutely true. How do we know it's them? They've still got the price tag hanging on them. So after, after the match, they can get their money back. I don't know. I don't Oh. I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing. Well, anyway, we've got some special guests coming up later. But firstly, a man I've been wanting to get on the show for a long time because responsible, we'll talk about some of the players he brought in. Uh, he was the director of football under Enoch from 2005 to 2008. Uh, he, I think he joined for St. Etienne. He was also football director at Liverpool yeah. later on, but we'll probably skirt over that today uh, because we don't have time really. Uh, so please welcome to the stage Mr. Damien Camoli. Thank you so much for joining us Damien. You're not too hot in the jacket? No. It's fine? No, I'm okay. I'm yeah. from the south of France, so I'm used to the heat. Oh, I see. All of us are just I'm, schwitzing here. I'm yeah. glad you haven't mentioned that I worked at Arsenal. No, I didn't. I skirted yeah, yeah, over yeah, that. Yeah, we kept that quiet. You know, you learnt your trade at Arsenal, learnt to make mistakes for them, and then you moved on. Yeah. That's what I like, like to think, you know. But Damon, you, you joined Spurs in 2005. For those of you who remember, we had Frank Arneson 
there first. He got poached by Chelsea. Then you came in. How did that approach come about? How, how did you end up at Spurs? Uh, I was headhunted by the a recruitment, a London-based recruitment company. Right. Uh, I left Saint-Étienne because I was not comfortable in, a, in the role. And I went on holiday, first holiday for two or three years. And my wife said, no phone. I said, no phone. <laughs> I forgot to switch on the phone one afternoon. And the phone rings. She said, you're not allowed to pick up. I said, I think I will because it's an English number. And I picked up the phone and it all started from there. Wow. Yeah. And who uh, amazing. And when you sat down with presumably Daniel Levy, what was the remit? What did he say after the sort of Arneson debacle, which was very messy, remember? Paul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what did he sit down? Because they only bought the club quite recently. What do they say to you? What, what do they want you to bring to the role? Uh, well, I sat down to a lot of people before getting to Daniel. Uh, and then I sat down with even more people after having met Daniel. So it, it was a long recruitment, very professional right. process. Uh, but the role was very, very wide. Basically, it was covering pretty much everything on the football side, football operation, apart from picking the team and managing the players day to day and, and putting the training sessions together. But all the rest was uh, basically on my plate. Right. And who there was at Enoch that you kind of thought they know football? Because again, a lot of people sort of said, and he's the first to admit Levy wasn't a football man. Mm. I think he was in property before and stuff. Yeah. Who was at the club that you kind of dealt with before you dealt with the managers and the, co the coaches who you got on well with and thought, yeah, this, this guy here or, or woman here knows their football? It's difficult to say. I think it's harsh. No one, basically. No, 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 no. it's harsh. Well, first of all, if they appoint people to do the job of director of football, it's because they want somebody to that job who has got the experience. Mm. That's point one. Mm. And I think it's very harsh, you know, saying that Daniel didn't know football or something because he, he's a very, very, very quick learner, as we all know. Uh, and I, when I got there, you know, he knew the market, he knew how to do deals better than anyone else. He could batter any agent better than anyone else. He could batter any other pre chairman in the Premier League better than anyone else. So he, he had, he had a, a very good football knowledge. And then there were people on the board were excellent exec, executive, I mean, directors or non-exec directors who I could take advice from. Um, so it's, it's harsh to say there were no, no one knowing football, I think. The first thing, they knew Spurs. The second thing, they understood the history, the identity, the culture. Um, they were willing to help the club develop. It's, let me think that, I'm not, I'm not going to say something that's going to get me in trouble, but <laughs> it's probably the best board I worked with at the time at Spurs. Well, okay. The, uh, because he is such a tough negotiator, uh, Daniel Levy, could that be frustrating? Could you, were you trying to get deals over the line, get players in, and it was taking longer than you'd hoped, and maybe you missed out on players simply because negotiation was t too long or too difficult? I think he's got an incredible skill that he knows when not to lose a deal. And if he really, really convinced that the player is useful for the club, then he will get the deal done. What he's, he's incredibly good at is he will push me, push me, push me to do the best deal possible for the club. So I don't think I've ever said this before, but we signed, when we signed Berbatov, he said to me, I'm not paying him a penny more than he's getting at Bayer Leverkusen. I said, Daniel, it's just not going to happen. Well, I'm telling you, you need to make it happen. And he's going to say, 
he's going to come on the same money. And believe it or not, he came for exactly the same money. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, but he will, he will not have lost a tear. We will not have lost a tear on it because he was, we both were desperate to get the player. But that's why he's very, very good at He pushes you, you know, to get the best for the club. And he's because he's extremely de demanding, but in a good way. Uh, I've learned so much with him. It's incredible. Mm. And, uh, I mean, one player that was a brilliant signing that came in right at the end of the season for him was Luka Modric. Um, how did that come about? Because, I mean, you talk about players you brought in who then went on to incredible things and are still playing brilliantly now. Was, was that an easy deal to, to do? Um, we... We, we tried to sign him the, in the January, the previous January, in the window. I had a five minutes conversation with the owner of Dinamo Zagreb and quoted, you know, incredible numbers. I said, okay, thank you very much. It's not for us. But we scouted the player extensively. Our scout in, was based in Italy and, and uh, former Yugoslavia was uh, crazy about him. We saw him play with the national team as well. Um, and then suddenly there is a um, the good thing is nobody apart from us in the, of the big clubs believed in him because people were telling us he can't score goals, he can't make assists, he can't regain the ball, he's too small, he can't play in the Premier League, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, good. I like this. <laughs> and, then, and then you might remember at the time, Mike Ashley bought Newcastle and uh, they, they tried to jump on the deal. And I remember, like if it was yesterday, um, I'm parked at, you know, at the training ground very early in the morning and Daniel calls me and says, I think we lost Modric. I said, why? He said, he's going to Newcastle. I said, Daniel, if we lose Modric, after everything we've done, we are two idiots. <laughs> really, we are. And then the phone went silent. He said, okay, I'll speak to you later. And I didn't hear from him all day. He calls me at three o'clock in the morning. He says, deal done. I said, which deal? He said, Modric. I said, where are you? Oh, he said, I jumped on the plane. I'm in Zagreb. I just agreed. <laughs> wow. I just, I just agreed the deal. It was a Friday night. We were playing Bolton the next day. Yeah. I'm just, I just agreed the deal. I'm flying back with the player. Make sure everything is organized. He's sitting in the dialogue box next to you tomorrow. <laughs> is, is there one that got away, Damien? Is there one player that you didn't, we couldn't get over the line that you would love to have done? And can you tell us who, who that was? Well, we made some. We missed some players because we made. We was poor judgment in terms of scouting. Um, but I remember, for instance, Ashley Young when he was at Watford and he was flying, and they were asking 10 million, I think, um, and we're not ready to pay 10 million. I remember in my reports, I put he's not a 10 million player, but he will be a 20 or 30 million player. Mm. So we missed. We were only ready to pay five, I think, something like this. Um, so it's one that comes to my mind. Um, who else? Uh, on top of my head, it's, I, I can't think about any. I've got regrets in some of them that we missed. Yeah. Uh, but it was more either we couldn't afford them, full stop, or because we made just bad judgment. On and how them. much say does the manager have in the process? It's always because some always. people think that players are bought over the manager's head. Does no, that never happen? Never. Ne not once. Not once. It's always, always in agreement. At the time, we had what we called the football management committee, and then we will talk about. So there was the, gen, the the club secretary, Daniel, myself, and the manager, and we will make decisions together. You know, we review every player. 
should we extend the contract, should we leave it as it is, should we sell, um, which position we need to strengthen, discuss uh, players' profile and list. And if the manager was not comfortable with the player, we will not, be, we will not buy him. Because Martin Joel said, I think when he left, that he thought, I think he was in the Guardian or whatever, he said that some players were brought in over his head and they left the squad unbalanced. I think it was uh, Eunice Kabul, uh, Kevin Pince-Broteng was two. Is that, not, as far as you're concerned, not true? Definitely not, because I, re I remember very well both deals. Kabul, we both went together to scout him in Auxerre, Martin and I. Knowing the relationship we had at the time, it was a great day. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and we came back. I said, what do we do? Uh, he said, we, I think we should sign him. And then they, they had the right back. Oxay at the time was very good as well. And uh, the agent of the right back hears that we're after Kabul. So he calls me and he said, you can do a double deal because they've got a problem with this right back. So I go to see Martin. And he said, no, I don't like him, he's too small. I said, okay. Uh, it was uh, Sanya. Really? Oh. Yeah. Oh. And, uh, and then for Boateng, I remember very well because I was in the US, my brother was getting married, I was on the phone to Daniel, on the phone to Martin, on the phone to Daniel, on the phone to Martin, and uh, we were all in agreement that we should sign the player. Who, by the way, if at the time someone would have told me you'd be playing for Barcelona. Yeah. That's incredible, as a striker. Mm. <laughs> But that's the thing, I mean, you sign a player for the club and it, it, he had his moments for Tottenham, but he, he didn't have his best time. But look at the career he goes on to have, look at the clubs he plays for. So sometimes, from your point of view, it, it takes a player maybe longer to flourish than, than you'd hope. They don't always but, do it for your club. But I, I blame myself for Boateng not being successful, I suppose, because we didn't know... Uh, we couldn't, he's got character flaws that we didn't identify in time. Mm. He was very young. We didn't manage all the off-pitch aspect well. Um, and what I hate, the biggest failure for a club, a sporting director, is when you have a very talented player and he doesn't succeed at your club. Yeah. He, he hasn't failed. We failed him. Mm. And for me, it's a big regret because I'm convinced he could have had a very good career. I suppose, look at the career he had after that. You yeah. know, Schalke, Barcelona, AC Milan, etc., etc. Mm. So, I, maybe I was not mature enough in the job to be able to handle that type of player. Yeah. That's, uh, I regret. I really, it's probably my biggest regret. Okay. What about Gareth Bell? Gareth Bell was someone that, that you, you looked at quite a long time ago before he came in. Was any interesting stories there? Well, it was a normal like scouting process. Um, what I remember very well is when, uh, so we had the whole family over. At, they had lunch before uh, in a box at Wild Lane. We had lunch with them before a game, and one of our non-exec director was uh, Welsh. So he came in and he started talking Welsh with them. Oh. So that was excellent. <laughs> and and, and uh, look, we we would have used anything to get him. <laughs> Does he speak Welsh? I mean, I just Gareth? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but the, the, you think he struggled to learn Spanish? You think if he could speak a second <laughs> language, he'd be able to speak a third one, wouldn't he? Oh, but he learned how to play golf in Madrid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, he let, and, to lead, and to win Champions League trophies. Hmm. Um, and then, he, so there was a very funny story because he was 17, about to turn 18. And he was playing left back at Southampton. And we saw him like a very attacking left back. So he said to me, very bright, he said to me, 
you want to go into the top four? I said, yes. He said, give me one defender in the top four at the moment that is 17 going 18. So then I'm in trouble. <laughs> I said, but look, Gareth, we are also signing you because you can play at two positions, as a winger and as a left back. So he gives you double amount of chances to, to get minutes. He said, I don't think I can play as a winger. <laughs> <laughs> And now, now a point in my career where I, I let other people do that for me, and then we've got analysts, data, blah, blah, blah. But what I do myself is meet, sit down with the player, go to his house, find out about his background, his family, how he lives, what's his lifestyle, you know, what does he eat, what does he drink, etc. Mm. So the reason I'm talking about this is, on paper, of course, you want Gareth back, but one thing I will do is come here and spend time with him and understand where is he at in his head is he still hungry will he see Spurs are too small for him will he see himself too big for Spurs so that kind of conversation that Mauricio could have or Daniel could have or both with the player will be key in the decision making process if I was them it's definitely something I would want to do oh, okay. what about other players I mean one of my favourite players It was was uh, Roman Pavlichenko. Uh, seemed like an what, extraordinary character. Not of all time, obviously. <laughs> of all time. Is he in your hall of fame? He's not in my hall of fame. Uh, have you got a not. tattoo of him on no, your I have. I have. I spelt the surname wrong, though. It's an utter mess. <laughs> I'll get it covered up in a few years. Um, but that was, I think at the time, it was quite a left-field signing, who certainly under Harry Redknapp was tremendous. What, what was he like as a person? Um, <laughs> um, I think that, I've, that was a learning process as me, for me at the time as well because I flew to Moscow to meet him and he had no interest in anything I was saying during dinner <laughs> and, and about the club, about London, about all this and it should have been a red flag And, and because, but because we were so desperate to uh, to replace Berbatov, and I think we lost Keane as well at the same time in the same summer. Uh, so it was kind of desperation, and every target we had, you were talking about earlier. Mm. So I went to I went to Argentina to to see Falcao. Uh, it was too expensive. Um, then we could have had. Uh, Milito, who then met, won the treble, the treble with Inter Milan, but we couldn't afford him. And then we had an incredible conference call where I had a friend of, my, of mine calling him, who was also a friend of his. He would, didn't know I was on the line, and I wanted to test his motivation. And he said, oh, I'm not only going there for the money. I'm not interested in playing for Spurs. <laughs> so then we put right. the plug on the deal. So he missed a lot of target that time. And then his poor planning, you know, poor reading of the market, and we ended up with a player that we knew well, but not that well. Um, and then all the red flags or orange flags that came up, I kind of ignored them and I should not have done. 
Mm. Let's bring it forward now uh, to, to, to now. Um, you know, you've got even more experience now. How do you see Tottenham now as a club? And how do you think the football industry in Europe sees Tottenham now and potential players we can bring in? How, how far has it shifted in those years? In terms of potential player, I think uh, one thing is very, very important. I had this discussion with Daniel a few years ago. Uh, I don't think Spurs should change its recruitment policy. I don't think it should change its business model. I st they should go young. They should go young, keep their players, build up, even if it takes one or two years, and take the team as it is now. So don't go and spend on money on a 28, 29-year-old 20, player. I think the, the business model they've got is very clear. The way they identify players is very clear. They've got probably the best manager in the world now at developing players. So I, I, I honestly think it's not because... Spurs are in the Champions League final and, and, and I've got good chance to win it that suddenly they should break the bank and change, and change their business model because that's, when, that's how you fail and it's by sticking to the culture, to the DNA of the club to how the manager wants to work that you are successful it, 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 I, I do agree they shouldn't change their business model should they be looking maybe to pay slightly higher wages at times, I think we've missed out on players good players that could have been very good for the club they were young uh, but we didn't quite go the extra yard that other clubs did. It's, it's difficult. I, I'm not there, so it's very mm. difficult for me to say. Uh, you know, obviously they are buildings. They build a stadium. You've got them. They need to talk to the banks, etc., etc., and reimburse probably a lot of money on the on a yearly basis. And then Daniel will be very careful about this. But uh, usually, if he if he if he wants a player, he's convinced the player is for is for Spurs and the player. Wages will not unbalance the changing room, then he will, he will get it done. Mm. Uh, but coming back to the second part of your question, I, I can't think, I've, I've said it, so I apologize if you heard it from me before, but I, I've said it a few times in the last two or three weeks, I can't think about any other club in the world that have done what Spurs, or has achieved what Spurs has achieved in the last 15 years. Mm. They've got the best stadium in the world, the best training ground in the world. They've got one of the best managers in the world, and he's only, what, he's only 40-something. Yeah. Um, they've got probably the best, one of the best executives in the world at the head of it. Uh, they've got a great team. They play entertaining football in the best football city in the world. So when, you see, when I got there, I, I remember when, when Spurs played Real Madrid at Wembley two years ago, I texted Daniel at the end of the game. I said, Daniel, I came here in two, 2005, we were happy to finish fifth and, get in, and play some unknown teams in the Europa League. A bit like Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, Clive Allen tapping, that and, was, wasn't it? And, uh, and, uh, and, I, and I said, and now you fill in Wembley with 90,000 and you beat Real Madrid 3-0. So the way he's taken both, Mauricio and Daniel, the way that they've taken this club forward, it's just, I can't remember... Well, Arsenal did it, but it was before. But I can't remember anybody who has achieved what they achieved in the last 15 years, really. And the way people look at it, I think they, I think they should be getting a lot more credit. They pay less money. They overperform their wage bill every year, which is incredible, a very difficult thing to achieve. 
And everyone is looking at the Spurs model now around Europe as like, you know, that's what we need to achieve. You, but it's very, very, very difficult to do. Do you think the chairman's in for the long haul? There's been a few stories that now they've got the stadium, well, the stadium finished, and they've got the NFL aspect to it. They may look to sell the club. Uh, this I really don't know. The only thing I know is that he loves the club mm. and his job. That's the only thing I can tell you. Yeah. And bringing it uh, forward to tonight's game, um, how do you think it's going to pan out? Um, how do you think... I mean, we still don't know. Will Kane start? Will Wink start? Will he play Moore and Son? Uh, you know, if, if you were sitting in the dugout t t tonight, how would you set up? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. The drink's on me. Yeah. Uh, no, for him, for him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I work with Daniel Levy, don't forget. Um, I, the, the question, I, I, because everybody has asked me the same question, uh, and I'm going on TV later for five or six hours, so they're going to ask me the question again. Mm -hmm. the, the reflect, the, the, what I've been thinking for the last two or three days is... Will Ronaldo or Messi be left out of the team for a Champions League final in the mm. same situation? Yeah. Because he's the Ronaldo and, and, and or Messi of, of Spurs. I'm talking about Harry Kane. So I think it's so difficult to leave him out. Um, and he's got such a massive presence within the changing room, within the team. How he will react if he drops him or doesn't pick him? Will he, have, will he be negative? It's, it's really a difficult decision. Personally, I will play him, I've got to say. Yeah. yeah. You have to take the sentiment out of it, don't you? Shakiri had a good oh. game in the semi-final, but Firmino's fit and Firmino plays. So you, you have to do the right thing for the, for the team. Uh, absolutely. You have, to play your, you have to play your best team. You know, it's the final, you have to play your best team. And if your best team is with Kane, then you have to play Kane. I think the best team is with Harry Kane, definitely. Mm. I agree. And a quick prediction. <laughs> He's off to do the Liverpool podcast next. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He'd be sitting there slagging us off. There. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've got, I got my tickets from Daniel, so. Ah, okay. Well done. <laughs> um, really, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know. Paul, your, your prediction for tonight? Oh, God. Um. <laughs> I think it could be a long night. Yeah. I think it, I wouldn't be at all surprised if it ends up going to penalties. Yeah. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hugo's been doing pretty well from penalties. True. Though, yeah, yeah. True. Well, Damien, I, 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 well, I, well, I think we should, we should... Well, two things. First of all, all the pressure is on Liverpool. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. And because they need to win something, they spend... You know, they spend more on agent fees than we spend to buy Bell and Modric together. Mm. I mean, the, the last season they, paid for, they spent £45 million on agent fees, mm. which is an, an staggering number. Yeah. It's just crazy. So they need, you know, they need some return on investment. So the pressure is, is on Liverpool. That's point one. Uh, so they're probably very nervous, etc., etc. Spurs are very relaxed. We're here. We've got nothing to lose. 
but it's that that's good in the preparation the lead up to the, leading up to the game you say okay we've got nothing to lose you know we are relaxed but then the day of the game that's where you know you get very nervous yeah. and it's the tra the transition from being relaxed to mm. not being nervous that you actually mm. cannot deliver that spurs for me that's will be the key today mm. is is this can they can they do this transit mental transition of not being too nervous and keeping this, you know, we, we have got no pressure, the pressure is on them. Yeah. But what I'm really, really looking forward to see is the two of the, the teams in Europe that play with the highest intensity, mm. physically, mentally, pressuring the ball. And, and I think the intensity of this final could be like something we haven't seen in many, many, many years. And I'm re really looking forward to this. I did hear from someone at the club today. Uh, he said he's never known, the last two and a half weeks, he's never known a spirit like it at the club. Said it's fantastic. They're, um, they're walking on hot coals uh, yesterday or the day before. Oh, that's right, apparently, yeah. He said they're really relaxed. Uh, they've, they've been working really hard on the game plan. They feel they've got that. Uh, the boys don't know the team yet. They're going to find out this afternoon, apparently. So they don't yeah. know the exact team until this. So they've got a meeting this afternoon, and that's when they're going to be told who's playing. Wow, amazing. Well, look, Damon, I know you've got to get to the stadium, and Paul, I know you've got a show to do. So we'll have a, a, a quick break for the podcast and you know as a quick break anyway go to the toilet go to the bar and then we'll be back with uh, a couple of other special guests in the second half but for now ladies and gentlemen thank you Kamoli. thank you very much thank you thank you and also ladies and gentlemen mr paul hawksby come on you spurs enjoy the game today and we'll be back after a very very short break thank you The Spurs show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the second half of this very special Spurs show. Uh, the latest news from the flight uh, that was stuck in Stansted, they've now been redirected to Heathrow. So, unbelievable, isn't it? Planes, trains and automobiles to get us here. I, yeah, yeah my, one of my friends, said, have they got their match tickets on them? Maybe they can't use them. You know, but I think yeah, a few of us. Anyway, please, well, we've got two very special guests now. Uh, two wonderful guests who've been on the Spurs show many, many times. Uh, firstly, uh, probably one of the only MBEs we've ever had on the Spurs show. Uh, and talk about this, this weekend being a festival of football. Well, this man has DJed at hundreds of festivals around the world. Please welcome Norman Jay. Here he is. That's a great shirt, Mark, uh, Norman. What a wonderful top. The Airex style. That's, that's beautiful. How are you, Norman? Thank you so much. And then my next guest is a man who's been on the show a few times, not for a while, because he's always on the telly. He's always a very, very busy man doing wonderful shows. Um, I don't know how many series of episodes now. Please welcome Mr. Stephen Mangan. Take a seat here, Stephen. Take a seat. Take any, any, any mic you want. 
Uh, don't forget you're listening at home uh, before kickoff. There's still time. We're back by lap books this season. Go to bet.spurshow.net. Have three, two Spurs after extra time. That's, uh, that's my prediction there anyway. Norman, we'll start with you. Now, obviously, I mentioned there your intro. You've, you've DJed at many festivals and this kind of thing. Have you ever done a sort of Champions League type football thing like we've got in Madrid at the moment? No, first time. Um, I was over the Spurs fan zone and boy, I wish I was doing the music there. Proper terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, was it a lot, was a lot of Euro pop. Yeah. Well, I'll was be it? in Istanbul when we're defending the Champions League. I'll be in the Spurs fan zone. Yeah, because we'll be in the final next year and it's in Istanbul. Yeah. So for those of you who like booking your hotel rooms really early with, they don't sponsor us, bookings.com, you can cancel 24 hours before. Uh, really messed up my own travel plans now because everyone's going to do it. Well worth, well worth doing. And uh, you're just here to see the game or are you going to be doing any other work around here while you're in well, Spain? Well, uh, right here, right now, I should be um, playing at a gig in Singapore and I should be in Hong Kong tomorrow. Have but, you told them? But when Maura scored, <laughs> I was on the phone to my manager. He was laughing. He knew I was going to say, I said, that trip is going west. <laughs> get on the case and get my flights booked or get me something. Just get me out here. I haven't got a ticket. Anyone help, please? <laughs> um, but I've just so had to be here. I mean, after watching... Uh, the, um, the game in Amsterdam, I was like, God, I have to be here for that no matter what happens. So I'm glad to be here with you guys supporting Spurs. <laughs> and in incidentally, um, why I, I think, I feel today will be special. This is my 50th season at Spurs. I first came in you don't 19... Look that, you don't, you look very young still. I first came over the lane, 1968-69 season, against Nottingham Forest, 2-1 at home in the old first division. 50-odd years later, I'm still here, and it's great to see a lot of fans and people here who I don't know by name, but I've seen them at every ground in the Premiership and, and in Europe and over the years, so good on you. Come on, you Spurs. No, absolutely. <laughs> Beautiful. Stephen, you're a very busy man. Did you have to sort of change things as well to, to get here? When did you sort of decide, I'm going? Oh, a minute after Maura scored. <laughs> I mean, uh, I happen to have a break this weekend, actually. I'm filming um, a series for the BBC, and the director, the director of photography, and the other leading man in, in the show are all Ajax fans. Oh, no. They're all Dutch. How awkward. So I'm not going to be in that show when they edit it. <laughs> but I am here. Absolutely. That's amazing. And how much have you seen of the so uh, side live this season? Do you know what? I've been a season ticket holder since Jerry Francis was the manager. Oh, the dustman, as we used to call him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is dedication. Row eight of the shelf. Yeah. February nights on a Tuesday evening when yeah. the wind's blowing the wrong way and you're getting rain in your face <laughs> and you're losing to Bolton. <laughs> and now we're in Madrid. I know. At the Champions League final. So I've I actually, you know, in all those years, the last, because I've got three young sons and it's the probably my least uh, amount of going in the last year or two that right. I've ever had yeah so unfortunately I'm gonna have to stop going because if me not being there very much is helping the team do much better <laughs> but um, uh, yeah no I've, I've seen quite a few games this season but not as many as I'd like yeah. I, was, I was at the Man City game I was at the Ajax game yeah but most people with families who might be here without your wife husband partner <laughs> so many people I know because it's half term had already booked half term holidays and as soon as that Moore goal went in it was like 
Right, we're in Portugal. <laughs> Is there a website, Spain, Portugal, Spain? How do we do it? When do I have the conversation to say, is it okay if I leave you and the five children in the all-inclusive, eat as much as you want buffet with the kids club? Could I go away for sort of 36 hours, get back? It's gonna probably cost us another two or three grand. Um, we're playing Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool lost only one game all season. I know. That happens so much. And my wife is a scouser. Oh, really? So if we lose tonight, I'm moving to Brazil and assuming a new identity because I cannot go home and have that. Yeah, she is um, uh, all her brothers. She's got, th she got three brothers. Are they here? No. <laughs> no dedication. Yeah. This is not were, going out, is it? You were offered some dodgy tickets earlier, weren't you, by Liverpool fans? I was out last night with a lot of Liverpool fans. They seem to be everywhere, don't they? Yeah. They do seem to outnumber But they all us. wear the horrible red shirts. They all wear the horrible red shirts. We, I, we, we, I was talked through at least half a dozen schemes about how I could get in if I didn't have a ticket <laughs> involving people dressing up with fake moustaches. And apparently there's a door around the back of the stadium and they'll be standing there. And if I give them a grand, then they'll wave me through and it'll all be really? fine. Give, well, give us a grand up front. Just we'll a grand. In. Yeah. Pounds, not euros. <laughs> Um, but I've got a ticket, so, you know, don't need it, hopefully. Well, I'll be that's all right. amazing. And Norman, how do you see tonight's game panning out? Because it's, A, it's, it's so surreal being here, number one. Tottenham Hotspur being the Champions League final. Because, you know, me growing up, the then European Cup, you knew you had to win the title to be in it. And, you know, I always said in my lifetime, I just want to see Spurs win the league once. So I never thought in my head, I never thought about this competition of getting here. Absolutely. I thought that... The exact same. Um, but we're here because we're here. That's an old First World War one British troops say. And we're here because we're here. We've got no fear. You know, we are 50% of what this thing's going to be today. And we are going to break their hearts. You know, th their sense of entitlement, you know. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's one or two people in the, audience, in the audience here. I was up at Anfield when we lost about 6 or 7-1 in the 70s. I was at that game, that, the first time that we won there in about 60-odd years. Yeah. And, Crooks. And, yeah, Crooks. It, yeah, and, and, yes, yeah. Crooks scored. Who's, that, who's around here somewhere? We did, <laughs> around, we did invite Garth. We did right, invite yeah. him along. He was you in know, a hotel yeah. around the corner, but there but, we go. But, you know, we, we have a history of great, te great teams, great games between us. But they fear us more than we fear them. They wanted to play Ajax or a European team. The fact they're coming up against us. You know, I'm not a superstitious man, I'm not religious, but it, it's written in the stars for us. You know. Because the, the, the games we have in the season have been quite tight. We've been 2-1, two, 2-1 one, two, one both games. Home and away, and I think one of the games they were better, but then we got a goal, and uh, Sissoko had that chance. Do you remember? But should have played it to San, and just there's one player you don't want <laughs> eight yards out with just a goal as it be. It's 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 Mr. Sissoko, sadly. Can you see tonight, Stephen? Anything happen? I mean, can you, what's going to happen if it's like one all with like a few minutes to go, and and all of a sudden it's Sissoko bearing down on the goal <laughs> with the ball? Then he, he will make history. He will. Yeah. Wow. Honestly, his journey, if you were writing a movie, 
this is the moment because he played well for France in those World Cup games. Yeah. Yeah. He then Newcastle, the whole thing, and it's just been a rise yeah. leading to tonight yeah. where he will slot one home from 35 yards out <laughs> in the sixth minute of extra time. And Jurgen Klopp will explode into a thousand pieces and we'll have to mop him up with a brush. And all the Scousers will have to cross out six and write five next yeah. to the number of times yeah. they've won the tie. There's a lot of those T-shirts out there wearing them already, you know. Um, Damien mentioned in the, in the first half of the show about, you know, the Harry Kane question. Where, where do you stand on that? Surely well, he's got to start. No, I'm going to upset really? people really? here. I don't think he should start. Why? Put yourself in Mora's shoes. None of us would be sitting very small, here. Very small boots. None of us would be sitting here if Moore hadn't scored, if he hadn't played. We're here because of him. I don't really subscribe to the fact that if your best player's out injured, he or she automatically gets shoehorned into, into a side. Now, it's my personal belief that I think inside the players' heads, they must be thinking, keep it the same. If we play Kane or if we start Kane, then we've got nothing secret. Liverpool know everything. The fact, if we keep him on the bench, I, I still insist that he should play, but Liverpool shouldn't know when he comes on. Mm. What do you reckon? You know, how do you see it panning out, Stephen? Do you think it's a game you think we need to take the lead? I mean, we've conceded so many early goals. Oh, in this, this, is, this has been the pattern, hasn't it? We've, Unbelievable. We've conceded early goals. Sometimes we've been full when Jan went off because he was throwing up because he swallowed so much of his own blood or whatever had happened. Yeah. Uh, we were forced into a change of formation that really completely changed that game around and we were suddenly playing much better. Mm. So, I don't know. I mean, the, the, I think the fact with Harry Kane is we don't know. We're not training with him day in, day out. We're not speaking to the medical professionals. We have no idea how close he is. Is it a gamble or is he actually, you know, well on the road to recovery? And well, he play? says he's ready. I've no doubt he's mentally, um, possibly physically ready. But I'm just thinking of the rest of the players who are going out there, whether they're superstitious or, or not, to maintain a momentum. Well, I'm trying to put my, my, myself in the head of, of Mora. What that would be the biggest snub to me if I was Mora, if I'd dragged us through by the bootstraps to be told, you know, possibly the biggest game you'll ever play, you're not starting. It's on the wrong. plus side, one of them will be coming on as a sub, and that's a better position than we might be in, because we might be starting with our best 11 and have no one really to, to bring on. Why At least we'll be able to bring on Harry we, Why or can't Lucas. we start with both? Well, we can, but then who are you dropping? You dropping? Yes. You, you can't trust Son, can you? Yeah, really. Yeah. It's, it's it's very tough. The thing is, if you're playing, if you're soaking up pressure yeah. and playing on the break, mm. Son is one of the best players in the world mm. at, at you know at playing that sort of. I would football. withhold Son. Uh, the argument I think for playing, as I mentioned the last last week's podcast, the argument for playing Son and Mora is to stop their fullbacks bombing forward, who are really really good, because as soon as you get them onto our fullbacks. We're in trouble. Yeah, so Robinson if you've got that, bit. that means players can get back, get back into shape. I know you can then argue to so what you don't start with Winks or Delhi. I mean, I, I've got a, I've got a gut feeling he's going to start a more and Son, and I think it might be Winks who, who's also been out. Yeah, who I think might miss out and start on the bench. So who'll play next and to if, Sissoko then? Yeah, who can be everywhere, mm. and um, I think Winks could come on to slow things down, not the ball to around, hold the ball, hold the ball up, yeah, which yeah. which we kind of lack mm. that's what I'm hoping 
hoping. I, I hope he starts with both Harrys tonight. Mm. I think we play much better with Harry Winks in the side. Yeah. He yeah. plays the ball so quickly in that central area. Yeah. He passes it really intelligently. Mm. Uh, Sissoko has been a wonder this season there. Mm. And then, you know, pick three out of those four, Lucas, Son and mm. Delhi. I think there'll be a surprise. I think Pochettino, mm. I think there'll be a surprise when we see the team sheet. But whatever he does, like, I think we'll, we trust his judgment. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Um, well, quick, quick prediction now, Steve. I know it's a horrible thing to do, but this show's going out as soon as we finish recording it. Um, so a lot of people at home will, will be listening. Quiet at the bar, please. Thank you. Um, give, give, us a, give us a score. What do you really feel tonight? Well, I think it's got to, just from a dramatic point of view, it's got to get more exciting than the City two legs and the Ajax two legs. <laughs> wow. Just to feel satisfying as a narrative. Yeah. yeah. So I think 4-0 down at half-time <laughs> with three players sent off. And then we win 5-0 with Soko, as I said before, scoring from 35 yards out into the top corner. <laughs> and Norman, what was your gut feeling tonight? <laughs> My gut feeling is I think we'll win ugly. I don't care how or why. They'll probably outplay us. They'll probably keep, you know, the stats, the Liverpool stats people will love it. But it ain't about stats. It's about winning. And we will win it. And I just think it will be one goal that will settle it. And I think it will run into extra time. Yeah, I think extra time as well. I think we're in for a, we're in some, some of those terrible VAR pauses, aren't oh, we? Oh, God, I forgot about <laughs> VAR. We're in for some of that replaying 9,000 times, whether it's hit Lorente on the yeah, arse, arse or the arm. Yeah. <laughs> My God, I know. I mean, again, I mean, I, travelling here, watching bits of Sky Sports, they're barely mentioning Tom. Yeah, the media again, that's what I'm hearing. Barely well. mentioning us, and and watching seeing the Liverpool fans around town and chatting. It's almost like they're playing no one. There, there's no, you know, you chat to someone, you go, oh, "Good luck," you know. They're so dismissive and so arrogant. That's great, you know. And so I just really that, hope that that and you Sky know, aren't the only ones to do that. That, that that's great. Let them talk about Arsenal. They're still lost coming back from Baku. Mm. But, yeah, but the fact that they're not talking about Spurs is great. You know, that's the best thing. I don't want them to mention us. I don't want them to talk about us. We are the underdogs. We are the unknown quantity. You know, we are here to smash them. You know, they, they will be looking thinking, my goodness, Tottenham, we didn't know. That's great. Because even if we win it, they they're not going to talk about us. They're not going to give us the credit. Mm. So... We might as well just go with it and just bring it home. Fair enough. Well, that's beautiful. <laughs> Rallying cry for Norman Jay and Stephen Mangan. <laughs> Stephen Mangan, thank you so much. Thank you. Norman, thank you so much. Those of you listening at home, we'll be back soon. Until the next time, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>
On this day, January the 22nd, 2008, having drawn the first leg one on this day, January the 20th, 1951, on this day, January the 14th, 1978, a jump on this day, January the 17th, 1968, Martin Chivers makes his debut for If you're interested in the history, landmarks and great achievements of the football club we hold dear, your love on this day. And White Hart Lane erupts. Jimmy Greaves equalises on the stroke of half-time. Aaron Lennon scores a fourth. Tottenham embark on a 19-game unbeaten run. On this day, a daily mini-series dedicated exclusively to memorialise great Spurs days gone by. Exclusively available at patreon.com slash spurshow. Patreon.com slash spurshow. Jimmy Greaves equalises on the stroke of half-time. John Pratt Brace at a con- January the 17th, 1968. Patreon.com slash Spursh. Slash Spursh. Slash Spursh. Aaron Lennon scores a fourth. Tottenham embark on a 19-game unbeaten run. 1951. Martin Chivers makes his debut for Spurs. Top of the league and White Hart Lane a run. 1978. 2008. 1951. 1968. Patreon.com slash The Spurs Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.